Hello and welcome to the iWord podcast. Uh, this podcast may contain some uh, some rude words, so watch out for them. Welcome to the iWord Volume 5 and to the final episode of the iWord Volume 5. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Sellers, and today I'm speaking to Emil Russo. Emil is one of my oldest friends. Uh, we grew up together. Uh, we spent many car journeys together talking about wanting to live in London and me to be an actor, for him to be a director, and him to be a writer and all sorts of things. And so now it's really weird to be talking to him when it's uh, sort of a reality. Uh, I was able to catch a mill on a weekend over Zoom. Uh, so let's get into it. Before we, because I knew we were going to do that. I thought, I knew we were going to do this for a while, yeah. but I was thinking about um, uh, what I was going to ask you, because obviously I think I know all the answers to the questions, <laughs> because, but I'm sort of interested to know uh i know i'm aware that like lots of other people won't so yeah um but to start with because i know that you do lots of different things um and um so i sort of want to know when was the last time i know because i always ask the same question at the start but when was the last time you wanted to be involved in the i word at all oh do you know so a tiny there was a tiny kind of speck of it through um kind of kind of september october time of 2020 there was a tiny tiny speck of it um, okay where i uh i did uh, I, I directed one of these kind of like zoom shows uh for a scratch did you? yeah i did i did um, oh, i don't know anything about you Emil. no i know <laughs> i know it's been it's been a long time um when was that when was that so that was it got released... Well, in like, September, October. Right? Yeah, I think it got released in October. So it was part of a scratch night with um, with my friend's uh, theatre company uh, called Brick Fox Theatre. Um, oh, you did say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I did a little sort of sort of Zoom show for that. Um, and, I mean, I'm not a fan of the kind of Zoom rehearsals, Zoom kind of yeah. theatre. I don't think anyone stuff. is. Yeah, I find, I find it difficult because so much of it is about kind of for me at least something that i loved about theater so much is kind of being in the rehearsal room it's that kind of energy that sort of dynamic that was the, that was the thing that i loved the most um so there was a there was a moment in in directing that, that i thought oh i really miss this kind of creativity this kind of fun way of i mean particularly with like directing where you're kind of poking and prodding people in certain ways to try and get reactions and then i i enjoy that sort of energy um, so I think there was a, there was a little bit in that, but, um, before then it would have been, uh, just before I, uh, I moved to Bristol when I had, um, all the hopes and dreams before, before lockdown started. I mean, <laughs> I think I moved to Bristol and about two weeks later, um, it all started, yeah. but I remember I was sort of, uh, I just finished working on, on a youth theatre show, uh, that I'd been directing, which I really enjoyed. And I kind of, I enjoyed that kind of facilitation and workshop 
sort of side to things. So moving to Bristol, the idea was um, to basically try and get a little bit involved, um, a little bit involved in in those creative projects outside of London, because I think London to me represented the I word. Um, right. And actually yeah. going outside of London, going to somewhere like Bristol, where you could kind of, I guess I felt like I could balance that more kind of enjoyment of life that like, I wouldn't have to deal with that fear of the I word that I would have to in London. Um, that was my impression. Right. And so you're, your moving to Bristol was in part like a your your moving to Bristol was in a kind of like denial of like well I know that the I know that the kind of the big stuff is going on in London I know that sort yeah. of like I but I reject that I don't want to be part of that kind of sort of like you don't want to just be another sort of cog. You want to sort of be like trying to do your own thing in a way, but in a different city, which has yes. also a, a theatre scene. Yeah. Um, so I, the the idea was sort of planted, I guess, when I was, um, so full context. So after I finished university, I went back home, uh, was sort of just working in, in a supermarket for a bit and doing some kind of youth theatre, like leading and stuff like that on the side. Uh, and I was chatting to one of the people at that theatre, um, uh, a woman named Jo, and she was sort of speaking about how if you're going, with, particularly with facilitation and things like that, if you're going to London, you'll be expected to do a lot of this work for free. Mm. Um, and actually, if you go outside of London, you can get you can get lots of experiences, build up your portfolio, be paid in part for that. And then actually you can go into London with much more experience and much more on your plate than some other right. people might have. So for me, I always knew that London, if I wanted to do something creative, was, you know, the place to be. Um, I mean, I mean, Do you I, still think that? Yeah, to an, to an extent, yeah. I think, I think it's somewhere I would, love to, I would love to go to to kind of experience that creative scene um, in, its, in its kind of, I guess it's sort of full sense. Um, but yeah, I think the idea was in going outside to Bristol was kind of, it would be a smaller community. You could get your foot in the door a little easier. You could build up those skills and bits, and then you could kind of go to London with all of that. Um, but it's a double-edged sword because London has much more opportunities than Bristol. Yeah. Um, yeah. So arguably you could find more things there, but maybe it's easier to find in Bristol. Yeah, the more I think, the more I've sort of thought about it and the more I speak to people on these things is is um uh I, I I sometimes think that London London wants you to think that it's the only place to do yeah. stuff and I think not well not that was kind London of my itself, but like well. the, the the creative industry wants you to think that London is the only place so that it has its fair it, it can take anyone it wants. Whereas actually, if you have really brilliant people working in Derby and Sheffield and um, Bristol and uh, all kinds of Southampton, all yeah. kinds of great places, you, if you make sure, if, if that is, if that is more appealing, mm. you're right. I suppose that if you have the, if you have the credibility and if you have the right um, experiences, the work you could get there would just be, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know because I've only ever lived in London since, you know, the last five years since I've left home. And so I, 
it's I mean I suppose the only other example that we could draw on is someone who I've talked about on this pod before um, and he I'm sure he hates it every time I bring him up <laughs> but was, was Max yeah. Max Lindsay and look at what he did where he's you know, mm. going from drama school and then yeah. working um doing similar kind of work I suppose um with the sort of use the word uh, facilitation what 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 do define facilitation just because I'm, I'm i'm aware that it probably means something to do with youth theater but yeah so, for, well, so facilitation i i look at as the kind of work using um theater practices uh, for kind of workshop purposes so it's not strictly about um not strictly about reaching kind of an end goal with you know with uh rehearsing a show and getting into the nitty-gritty but for me facilitate well I mean the thing that I love about theatre is I think a lot of the skills and experiences that you learn in the rehearsal room can be applied to pretty much anything in uh in later life and I think it's very good for Mm. I think Mm. it's very good for the soul I think it's this kind of opportunity where you can actually you know you get you get the chance to really dive into the uh the human condition um yeah and so so facilitation I look at is as kind of it's I'm facilitating these theatre workshops these theatre rehearsals and things like that and and I would look at myself to be kind of like leading those and running those I'm not strictly involved in them um yeah so I I guess that's how I how I would describe um facilitation Um, and do you see that and before I suppose the you know the big old uh first lockdown happened yeah you just moved to Bristol was it still it sounds like then Maybe I was wrong at the start to say that you were sort of like escaping or also hit my mic. Um, it was wrong to say you sounded like you were escaping. Maybe it was more appropriate to say that you did have, a, it was like you, it was part of your game plan. This sort of like idea of working in maybe in facilitation or mm. youth theatre or going to a place like Bristol that you think has what? more opportunities, if not, no, more chance of work, if not less opportunity. Yes, yeah. So I think, I think to say that I'd written off creative industries would wouldn't be true. Um, but I think what I was doing was I wanted to explore my options. You know, I came out of university and I wasn't, I wasn't convinced that the life of something creative and kind of working in the in the I word, uh, I w- I wasn't convinced that that was for me. I kind of knew that there were other areas that I was interested in and I sort of felt like I'd kind of chosen theatre for for some reason and I think it's because there was something in those rehearsals that I really enjoyed um so moving to Bristol it was always an option uh and I was always, and I was excited at the prospect of maybe finding something outside of London kind of I think it was also moving to Bristol was a little bit of a of a of a fuck you to London like, <laughs> I think it was a bit like yeah. everyone when I finished when I finished uni or like all of my friends were moving to London um, yeah like yeah. you were yeah. in London a lot of our friends from Nuffield were all in London everyone was in London and I was kind of thinking like god there's like really cool cities that aren't London that are less expensive that are less stressful that are that have really cool kind of cultures and atmospheres that I kind of wanted to do a bit of a fuck you to London mm. and move away. And part of, I guess, rationalising that decision was going, well, actually, you know, I could do theatre, I could still do theatre stuff out there and then maybe come into London with a bit more right. clout, with a bit more say, if that's what I wanted to do. Um, right. But it was, 
I think was kind of not wanting to join that sort of rat race in London. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that move was also because I mean, I mean, so I now work for um, uh, for a, for like a financial tech company um, in Bristol, which I never thought I'd ever do in my life. Yeah. Um, I don't think anyone <laughs> ever did. Um, uh, I, I just say it because it sounds cool. Um, but the idea was that actually, you know, there were lots of skills that I knew I had, which maybe weren't being applied in theatre. And I wanted to kind of chuck everything on its head and just see if I could do it. You know, you mm. like doing a theatre degree where I was at a university compared to um, where you were at drama school. You know, I was kind of writing these very long essays and talking about mm. lots of concepts and things in depth rather than looking at practical theatre skills. And it was this sort of, um, it was almost this feeling like, you know, there wasn't a right answer for for anything. Uh, and it was great. You know, I got great at talking about stuff and asking questions and, and that from university. Mm. But really, I think I wanted to try something where, you know, like where one plus one made two. Whereas in theatre, right. it, could, it right. could make one plus one is infinity. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So I think trying to trying to move into something where things uh, things made sense. I suppose what I suppose the reason we're talking about this in this way mm. is um, for the first you know thirty minutes of this is. I think if someone had asked, I I think if someone had asked you mm. in your first year, what are you going to be or what are you going to go? I think you would have said, because I know, because we've yeah. had the conversations. I think you would have said, I want to be like the next Robert Icke or someone. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think even in your third year, I think uh, at 23... And I'm not saying that you you were going to be the next Robert Icke, but I'm saying that if someone, if people in your year or if people mm. who asked me about you what would i say in response to what people thought about you at your university i think a lot of people would have gone oh yeah emil he's going to be fine he's going to be great he's going to do all kinds yeah. of stuff he's going to do all this this that and i remember like i was thinking about it on my walk this morning i remember and i don't want to trivialize it because it, <laughs> it clearly means a lot to when people are there but at, at um your university they do a kind of uh, an awards show yeah 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 Right. And in one of the years, you won a lot of the awards. Yeah. And rather than thinking about, you know, the piece that you did that won the awards or the value of that, I think that more speaks to, to what people thought about you and pe how what pe how how uh, how highly people thought of you. Mm. And the reason I'm speaking like this is because I think that it's important to talk about the there will be people who listen to this uh i hope who you know will have come out of drama school come out of uni yeah and will not feel like they have fulfilled all the expectations of other people or not feel like they um or feel like maybe they just the the creative industry is not for them i know that it yeah. is still for you because you've yeah. just said but I just think it's really interesting to just talk about that because it's just like, it's it, like what, because there was people, people, whenever people, um, I think it's more of a thing in drama school, whenever people come out of drama school and, and the, the, like a joke or, uh, maybe a sort of, um, the absolute nightmare is like, oh my God, imagine like you go through this and not become an actor. Yeah. It's like, well, 
maybe you won't. I don't know. And maybe that's your choice. And that's like your that's. But as long as it's your choice, and as long as you've made it, and I think that's why it's good for you to have that choice. I couldn't agree. Right? I couldn't agree more. And I think it's very important to actually have a reality check with yourself. Um, yes. You know, I mean, because there's always that, there's that constant joke about um, you know like like oh those who can't do teach so people yeah, who went to bollocks. drama school I hate, teach. and I it's hate like that. no are you kidding me like no like those I, who can teach can teach yeah like, and you do it because you fucking love it or because there's yeah. something in that that you in that that you love yeah. like mm. you do that because i think you reflect on the things that you really enjoyed over your time mm. um you know i mean i started off doing doing theater stuff like like really you know i did it when i did it a bit when i was younger and i kind of enjoyed it and then really it kind of kicked on well i mean kind of i guess we'll talk about nuffield stuff uh yeah 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 yeah, in a bit. Some, but yeah 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 you know like i pretty much got into it because you and i started doing it together and that right. that spurred me on and then i was doing the acting stuff and then i i enjoyed it but really what i enjoyed was being in the rehearsal room and actually just kind of going are like oh Max, I've got an idea for this. Oh Max, I've got an yeah, idea for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, right. And I realised right. that I I preferred having those ideas than actually being on stage. Right. Um, do you do you think that because it was interesting? I spoke to um, I can't remember who it was now, but we were talking about um, quite often in 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 like fields that are associated with craft or like sport or something. People often use the phrase like, oh you, you came to it late. Mm. And I sometimes think that like, I don't really know where it's coming to it late. Like I heard the other day that Slash, the guitarist with Guns N' Roses, started yeah. playing guitar when he was 16. And he's like, well, is this like, did he come to it late? And it's like, does that mean that he somehow is, that somehow is more impressive or less? I don't know. Yeah. But like, maybe rather than, but do you ever think that of yourself? Um, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I and how, how old, how old, it probably would be, what, if we were doing it? It was more college, no? Yeah, no, it, it was college. And for me, it was um, towards the end of college was when I felt like I actually got into gear. Um, Why? What did you think before that? Well, it was, I enjoyed drama, um, mm. but I enjoyed other things. Um, I, yeah. I enjoyed the youth theatre. What? I know, I know. Imagine that. <laughs> no, Imagine that. I'm enjoying insane. something other than, than that thing that I was dedicating hours and hours yeah. to every single week. Yeah. Uh, you know, spending... Yeah about an hour and a half in traffic every single week oh god yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, for context uh, we we had to draw we we're both from the same uh village where well, you moved to the same yeah. village that i was from and we would share car journeys uh which we probably talk like this probably every every uh thursday yeah and it was it was like 50 50 minutes yeah, I think, there, I think it was something like... Going to Milford, Milford to Southampton and the amount of well. time we spent... In rush hour, so it's probably, yeah, more like an hour and a half. The amount of car journeys oh, we've shared. Is, um, I don't want to think about how many times we've been in that Nissan Micra together. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, it's so sad. I've actually, just, I actually uh, sold it yesterday. What? I know, I know. I've, Bertie. I've sold Bertie. I've sold Bertie. Oh, my I mean, God. For the listener, I've had that, since, had that car since I was... 17 and it's been a bit of a Jesus. bit of an icon i think uh, i think though that i mean i mean we're sort of taking the piss out of yeah. it now but actually like when 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 i think about it i think it's really important to have things to have those we were having discussions yeah. like that every single every single time and every, all it was just, that car was like a time where we could like share i mean it sounds like a john yeah. hughes movie now but, <laughs> but it's like that car was like a, a place where we could you know share music and talk about things and I listen mean, to things and and we like that is as 
as valuable as then going to the youth theatre because it, it means you're Absolutely. constantly kind of like challenging each other and moving each other forward and and talking about new things to each other. Absolutely. I mean, I think we... This sounds a bit... I don't know. But um, I think no, feel like we, we had cultivated quite... this almost like safe space within that car yeah yeah, yeah. Within, within you can car. say it without yeah. without wanking yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's fine um, it's fine but uh no but I, I really felt like we had because in that space that we had we could chat where, about where, anything yeah where we had we could hours, chat about anything and we did like yeah like we would yeah. joke and we would laugh but we would also talk about you know yeah yeah really personal things or like our ambitions yeah. or and we would also challenge each other on that i think both of us through those through those years went went through Quite quite a lot of stuff, and I think um, yeah. uh, and I think a lot of it was kind of discussed and understood in that space. I mean, it was yeah, also where we totally. would like if we would go to like house parties where we would like sleep as well. <laughs> yeah, we. Then, I, I think we've like, had a couple day, of we, next day. We would drive back like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like god. we'd be going on these like long journeys with the car. Oh god! And then yeah. it, and it was just like it just became this like sort of bubble. Um, wow. Bertie's gone, man. I know. That's I know. Sad. What were we talking about before Bertie? <laughs> but yeah, no I think idea. that. Um, well, let's. Well, let, why don't we talk about? Yeah. So. So. But then, I've not said a word for the last thirty <laughs> seconds. Um, why don't we talk about then? What made you go to sort of like a youth theatre then? So you go from a. Yeah. You go from in the first year of college, kind of like us being at the same college together, mm. chatting and stuff, but like not being like too into it and I, so I had done Nuffield for a year before that which is the youth theatre that we went yeah. to in Southampton um, that we Amina who was in an episode before who yeah. was part of it with us as well um, what made you want to to join that what made you want to go into that sort of like youth theatre mm. uh, environment so that was different to like an education system yeah so I mean first of all I didn't actually know that you were in Nuffield I think I want to stress that like I I didn't know that you were doing Laramie Project at the time. I kind of knew that you were doing something extra, but I was kind of like, oh, you know, Andy's doing his acting stuff. That's that's cool. I like drama <laughs> at college. Um, right. And the thing that um, that sort of kick-started it for me was, uh, so uh, when I was 16, I was kind of going through like a bit of like a, like a tougher period just because of some stuff that was going on in the background for me. Um, and my mum took me to Nuffield Theatre uh hadn't been there for years i think i've been to see like pantos there when i was younger it's the first time i've been back to a theater in, in ages um and we went to see uh the carol churchill play a number and it was directed by uh michael longhurst who's obviously like big dog now at uh at Donmar. yes um uh yes and i remember watching that and the for anyone who hasn't seen the play so it was it's about um a father and then he's got Two, he's got a son and then a son that was cloned and it's how they uh how they differ based on how they were brought up and it's um uh, and it's sort of set in this box in the middle of the stage where you have an audience on four sides and sort of two-way mirrors uh, and things very very cool play and i remember watching that and going how fucking cool can theater be like oh my god this is incredible like this is unlike anything i've ever expected this is adrenaline inducing this is inspiring this is sparking all kind of creativity to me um and so i left that theater like like so inspired feeling so kind of upbeat and with so much energy and then i saw a flyer for uh for hampshire youth theater 
in um, for to kind of for the auditions. I picked that up and then signed up for an audition to that, which was like like 30, 40 miles away in Portsmouth, which I had to get my mum to drive me to. And she had to like, like wait outside for hours, like getting a coffee while I was doing this um, doing this audition. Uh, and that eventually led me to uh, get into Hampshire Youth Theatre, doing this kind of two-week residency. I just kind of fail, found like... I found, I, I think, like a new group of friends or a new kind of energy in it. Um, and I know you've discussed, Max, before, and the idea of being in a professional theatre with professional designers, professional stage managers, professional lighting. It was like, it was unlike anything I'd ever done before. And I felt so inspired by it. And I think I was lucky because I, I slotted into that, into the group in there quite, quite There was well. a good group. There was it, a good group. It was group, a good but, yeah, group. But I think, I there, feel, I think yeah. there were people who kind of maybe didn't necessarily slot in as much, but like who hadn't mm. been part of the youth theatre before. Uh, but I was lucky mm. in the sense that I slotted in quite well and then joined Nuffield. And then after that, I mean, the rest was sort of history, I guess. But but it was yeah. that moment of seeing a play going, wow, I didn't realise how cool theatre could be. And then going to do uh, Hampshire Youth Theatre. And then it was a similar experience in that too, because I don't, did you see um, Best Christmas Present in the World? No. No, I never saw it. I remember. Because I, um, I, I knew you were in it, but I never actually ended up going to see it. Yeah, because that was... Terrible friend. Yeah, I know. I know, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really cool because it was performed kind of in an open air theatre that was designed to look like a football stadium. Um, and it was about the football match that was played between the um, uh, the, the British soldiers and the German soldiers in World War One, like outside of the trenches. And we had these incredible like ramps that were moved around the stage and all sorts of physical theatre and songs. And it was, you know, it just wasn't, it didn't feel like a sort of, standard play as school people play. would expect it. Yeah, like a as school people play. would expect right. it. Yeah. yeah. It was something different. It was something really inspiring. So that experience for me was really what kicked me on. Um mm. yeah. Yeah. And I suppose then then we go to Nuffield and we kinda of do like like a lot of sort of young mm. people from that area who then went on to do, you know, went on to go to drama schools like Rose Bruford and yeah. uh, and Cent- a couple of us at Central and then um, university degrees are like where you went and stuff. So I think there was a really good, I think what helped as well is there was a really nice little crop of people who took it really seriously at that point. Yes. And I think that me I- and you were certainly a couple of them who, you know, maybe took it <laughs> too seriously but like we just certainly took it we we were like we were we maybe were a bit arrogant i think looking i certainly was looking back on it but like mm. i think that we we all we all bounded together when we had to do a show that we were like we we want to take this seriously we want to do it well and actually what was great is that we didn't feel weird there like it mm. was it was nice to be in an environment where a someone someone was taking us seriously and it you genuinely felt like the, the genuinely felt like the first place where two little boys from a yeah. you know a small village on the south coast could actually end up going to London and doing other things. Yes. So I suppose um, then absolutely. what? What so we were acting in those shows, but when did you start thinking about? Because I know you wanted to. Mm. I know you were sort of dilly dallying with not dilly dallying. <laughs> like you were taking it for like, I know you were kind of like thinking about writing or something like that. But when did you start thinking about directing? Because I think that was the one when when you started speaking about being a director, that was when like, and I think a lot of young people will have this as well in that they sort of know they want to be in theatre, but not really sure where. Uh, So they try lots of different things. 
when you found directing, it seemed like that was when like this young person has found this in the same way that, you know, a friend Tilly did sort of youth stuff, but she found stage management and then she was like, oh, I'm cool. I've got this now. When did you find that for you? I'm trying to think which show it would have been in, whether it was after his Dark Materials, it went to Henry the Henry the Fourth, didn't it? Yeah. Then after that, was it Punk Rock? And then it went into I want to say Odyssey. I'm trying yes. to figure. I'm trying to figure out which play it was. <laughs> Doing the timeline of our time at nothing. I'm trying to think. If there I was... mean, it's, it says about Max as well yeah. that the shows we did were it's Dark Materials, Henry the Fourth, Parts One and Two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think we. Well, Punk Rock was the first one that we did that was like that was mm. uh, just this soaks about how seriously we were taking it. This yeah. Punk Rock was one that we did ourselves. Yeah. Like we, yeah. we directed by. Uh, our good friend Rob Franks. Yeah, uh, that was the first one that we sort of did outside of the youth theatre. We were like, okay, let's make our own stuff. Let's yeah. do our own like yeah. uh, shows, and we put it on in the. Um, I think the bar. I think. I think punk rock was um, when we initially started rehearsing punk rock, like way before Henry the Fourth, and then we kind of didn't know if it was going to happen. I think that was when it kind of when I felt like directing was possible through right uh, through Nuffield. Um, but for me, I think it was sort of halfway through um his dark materials initially i didn't i didn't necessarily feel like i i just enjoyed acting and i just enjoyed being in those rehearsals but i think there was a point halfway through uh his dark materials which is such like an expansive play like there's so much going on like we had all these incredible puppets and you have these incredible movement sequences mm. and different characters and you know i mean we had like these like levitating lifts on the stage and there, it was mm. this it was this huge experience um and I think somewhere in that, watching how everything was fitted together, I found a real interest in in directing, in wanting to kind of fit those pieces together. I really enjoyed that that process. Um, I think I also really enjoyed, you know, some of the directing sort of exercises and things that Max went through with us, where you that sort of feeling you get when someone, you know, pushes and probes you to... Uh, to learn something about the character or to get a reaction out of you. Um, mm. I think that that was something that I really enjoyed. And then moving into uh, moving into Henry the Fourth after that, that was again something that I that I enjoyed so much seeing how everything fitted together. And I think that really kind of consolidated the idea of I enjoy the acting. That's fun. What I enjoy most of all is the rehearsal room and that process of getting a performance out of someone fitting everything together, seeing how all these personalities, all these ideas fit together on a stage. Right. Um, right. So I think it, it was a process. I don't think it was something overnight. No, um, right. Right. Um, yeah. And so then the first, so then crucially then after doing, after seeing that we could do like a show um, ourselves, mm. we then did a show later on that year. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Scuttlers. That was the first one you directed. So uh, how was second, it? Second, because Wait, initially, initially, if you remember. Oh, of course, uh, yes. Yeah. Which of was, course. I think, probably the most stressful period of my life. Uh, was um, so, yeah. So I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so I kind of helped out, helped out with um, uh, with a the youth theatre, and it was kind of trying to direct like fifty kids in a school was 
Yeah, so it was our old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So incredibly yeah. stressful, but that that then led on to doing <laughs> scuttlers. Um, yeah, can probably cut that bit out. That's <laughs> no, all right. We'll keep it in. <laughs> we'll definitely keep it in. <laughs> I mean, to be fair as well, I suppose that, that's like it's it. I suppose I kind of want to do keep it in because I, I sort yeah. of like I think it's I think it's important that like you have to acknowledge that that like, well yeah, but it's also like I think for young directors. Any young directors, you could possibly mm. listen to this. I think you might be my first director I've had on it, actually. Oh, cool. Um, uh, or anyone who wants to be a director. Like, mm. that, that kind of experience, I'm sure you got, like, so much out of it. And you were yeah. working with our old teacher, yeah. uh, Jill Strath, who's amazing yeah. anyway. Yeah, and I mean, we're still she, she had an, she and... always, Yeah, she always had an amazing way of kind of... She always had an amazing way of keeping, like, a rehearsal room fun and keeping it, yeah. like... and. And so, yeah, I kind of don't, yeah. I, I mean, I've spoken about how I don't want to edit it out, but I kind of definitely don't want to edit it out because I think that those sorts of, the kind of theatre and education thing, I always mm. think is is sort of, uh, people always kind of like, a feeling sometimes of people who kind of graduate or yeah. something that they're almost, it's, it like, it's, like, it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not what they want to do. And it's like, we know it's not what to do, but there's still stuff that you can get from it um yes. and also you know it's something that i've I said in one of the other ones as well is that the it's so good that people do those kind of things where they go back to places that that gave them so much mm. and you try and give something back even if it's not you know you're not pretending that you're giving them the holy grail but it's just like you're giving them you're giving them a new experience a new person to work with and anyone who did that show who actually uh, wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, had a little glimpse of it. And actually, um, one of the students who you did direct is now at a drama school. Yeah. I saw quite recently. Yeah. So like, it's like, you know, who knows if she would have like, who knows what she wanted to do. I think she was always sort of wanting to do it anyway. But like that that experience would have really helped her. And I I don't think that can be no, I, sniffed I, at. I, I look back on that experience and it was incredibly formative and incredibly enjoyable just if not so, stressful if not stressful um but yeah no i think also those kind of connections that you that you made with them like when i was sort of back home after after university i bumped into a couple of the people and mm. yep some of them were still doing, doing drama things when they were at uni some of them were doing completely different things but what was right. lovely was that they came up and they said hi and they asked how i was and that they kind of remembered that experience and they had fond memories of it um and they were also interested to know what i was up to afterwards because mm. i think for them they understood that this was the first thing i've ever directed this is something mm. i'm interested in thank you so much for letting me into into your rehearsals letting me have free reign to play these games to mm. come up with this show to be kind of experimental with the things that we were trying and, just, and this is and when you were 19 it, as yeah, well yeah, you're in a gap it, year like it's not like it's not you weren't getting paid or anything you were doing 18, it just for the experience just 18 had just turned 18. Oh, of course, yeah. You would have been 18. Yeah, yeah. Had, like, so some of the students 18. would have been two years younger than you. Yeah. So like, you're not you're not doing it for any like, you know, no. <laughs> it's not getting paid. It's just like, you're just doing it for the experience. Yeah. I think that's really... Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I definitely see like a stepping stone with, you, with each with each piece that I worked on because then that sort, sort of led on to, led on to Scuttlers, which we were talking about before, which was, again, like a stressful experience, but so incredibly rewarding and i felt like we did create something something quite cool and i thought it was re very impressive where we kind of set this up in its own theater we 
pulled it all together, we, yeah, yeah, I think that's something well, that I really do look at fondly. I think it's also like it speaks to, it speaks of um, your like the, and I'm sure there's going to be lots. I'm sure there's people who listen to this who have this same thing, which is you. You just you had you had a sort of. Um, you just had a feeling of just like wanting to put stuff on kind yeah. of it. We, we, we both took gap years around the same time. Mine, mine was slightly more enforced than yours, <laughs> but <laughs> cause I just didn't, just didn't get to drama school. But, um, yours was, you took a gap year to do, to, to just sort of find out what you wanted to do. Well, I mean, to, and I mean, in that, but it, I was going to say, I mean, my, I mean, my, my gap year was what, what I ended up doing on my gap year was semi-enforced because, my initial plans for the gap year were to be the um, assistant director with Nuffield Youth Theatre. Right. Oh, okay. And, right, um, right, right. But that's still, yeah. that's what yeah. I mean. It's still, you're not, you're not, you're not taking a gap year. No. I mean, I know you did do a bit of traveling, but yeah. you're not doing a gap year to just like fuck around. You were doing, you were doing a yes. gap year to do stuff that was valuable, that was part of your game plan, that was part of your like, you know, you wanted to do, you wanted to, it to Absolutely. contribute. Absolutely. And uh, you yeah. get some experience so you could go to uni yeah. with a bit more of kind of clout, as you said before. Yeah. But um, the idea of putting on your own show, emailing the people involved at 18, emailing the people there, working out how to set up, you did the tech for it and everything. We didn't yeah. have any lighting people. You did all the sound cues. You did all that. Like, that's something that I don't think it's almost like if you want to if you want to do something like this you sort of do have to have that bit of you that's just like I'm gonna just like I'm gonna just do it and I am and and that kind of it's like a will or a drive or just like an enthusiasm Mm. is it, it goes past any level of like I mean I mean I would say talent or luck that's something that you and I both had at that time though because uh, yeah maybe th- but it's your podcast so we're talking <laughs> about you <laughs> but like but the but it's interesting as well when you think about that in that like then after you did that show a couple of other people from Nuffield who we had done Nuffield with then established a relationship with that theatre and then went on to do other stuff with other theatres and like it's sort of set like you doing things mm. inspired other people our age to do things as well and it's just like being I'm not, I'm not sure what I'm trying to say here but like being in that environment I think finding that environment and maybe it's to do with luck but finding that environment is so important to, I think that's to have because you don't feel stupid yeah well I think that, that that's something that I enjoyed the most about directing which is actually kind of I think why I later down the line ended up kind of diverting away from it for for a little while we'll see what happens in the future with me but was that I kind of you know initially I did I did acting and stuff like that and I enjoyed it but then I found directing and then even within directing I think I found parts of it that I enjoyed more than others which probably mm. led me to facilitation because that idea of feeling like while you're while you've got while you have that drive and that energy to kind of run rehearsals to put a show together to really try and get the best from people something that i enjoyed the most was seeing the kind of communities that were formed in that and seeing how that experience while it absolutely wore me out could be inspiring to other people could be that i could Mm. see them moving on and doing new things or just the fact that they had a really positive experience from it Um, Mm. and i think that's something that i really value most of all in any show that i've done i don't yes i care to some extent what what audiences think 
and like if it was good and you know whatever yeah but the thing that i care about most of all is coming out of a show and feeling like everyone had a really positive experience i love i love that when you finish a show and there's a real community formed that people are people have become friends who didn't know each other before that stay in contact that people still talk about the experiences in the rehearsal room um Mm. i think that's something that i've always really tried to push in any in any show that i've done um so what changed at uni I think I, I think I burnt out. I think I burnt out. Moving into my third year, definitely. Um, what did it, did it start to? Because it's also it's funny if we kind of go back full circle. This, what we were talking mm. at the start was you sort of said, and I don't I, I don't want to put. I mean, I put enough words into your mouth, and I'm sorry, but like that <laughs> that the, I. You you mentioned you mentioned the word fear at the start, mm. and I wonder how much it felt like the, what you've just talked about the kind of the the make sure everyone gets a valuable experience, the kind of the, being the facilitator of a of a good environment of a good time into in a show, making sure everyone's friends. How the closer you got towards the I word, that mm. feeling started to go away, and like I think that's a really interesting thing too. Yeah to talk about because i think that it's really relevant well as in terms of how actors feel however i think a lot of people relate to that feeling of oh it's changing now every show isn't going to be i'm not going to be best friends with everyone after the end of the show i'm not going to have lots of wonderful memories and in jokes with everyone in the crew Mm. this is a job so i think it it, for me it came down to two things when i sort of decided to take a step back from it and maybe explore other options in my life. It came down to two things. One was was feeling burnt out. Um, I'd worked incredibly hard to do extra shows and things like that at, at uni, and, I, and it kind of culminated with a show uh, called Pink Mist, which is by Owen Shears, which people should read. It's incredible. And that show, I put so much into that. Um, and it was and it was really really well received and that and that cast still speak about it, it was a very intense show and a very intense rehearsal process but it just felt like I'd kind of reached that point of like oh wow this is so like you know th- this it felt but like this, so much yeah this was the show as well that I was talking at the start which yeah. is like in terms of your uni you won lots of awards and it was like yeah. I saw it and it was it was clear that everyone was thinking oh yeah Emil's gonna be fucking this is good this is like this is like really good mm. and it's a uni piece um, and not to discredit uni yeah. pieces but like it i think just in terms of the context of yeah it, it felt like something of, that was very that was very there. different um yeah i think at right. that time as well and it was kind of maybe like a it sounds a little bit big, big headed but sort of, it felt like it was sort of a step up from the normal well, do you think i think because this happened i think this happens at, at drama school as well do you think there was do you think it was a uh an unwarranted kind of hype because I think that people can get it in their third year of drama school and they're like, oh, he's going to get, he or she, they're going to get an agent. They'll be fine. They're going to be in movies. And when it doesn't happen, it's like, well, well, what? I mean... And it's like, it's based on nothing other than people's instinct. So I, th- I think any kind of hype that that emerged, I think... Um, you, so I've sort of got, gone off track about the... I'll chat about, go, no, go, chat you, about no, you go, bit, you but, go. Um, you uh, go. But any, any kind of hype that um, that emerged, I think happened in happened in first year when uh, myself uh, and then a, very, then a very good friend of mine from uni uh, called Hamza, he and I, who didn't know each other at the time, were just interested in physical theatre and then ended up making a show together. 
we were just very enthusiastic first years who just pushed and pushed and pushed until we kind of got allowed to do a show. Um, and we sort of bid to one of the theatre companies at the uni and then got funding and got given a slot to come up with this physical theatre show. And I think that was sort of like a, wait, what? Why are first years directing like a main term show with like master's students and third year students? And it's this kind of crazy device piece. And people, I look back at it and, you know, it kind of got slated by some of our lecturers and stuff. But <laughs> um, but I, like we really enjoyed it. We yeah, had a great yeah, experience. Yeah. And I think there's some really cool ideas in that show. Um, but I think that then kind of set, I feel like it set a little bit of a precedent for myself of kind of like, oh, he was his first year that did the show and then now he's bidding to do this and then now he wants to do this and then, you know, and it's... Strange. Yeah, and then, but I feel I felt like doing Pink Mist was kind of a point when I was like, oh, actually, no, do you know, I kind of like earned that. Like I worked very hard to bid for that show to to get that. Right. Um, and I worked very, very, very hard on that show to make it, to make it what it became. Um, but I think... I, I guess going back to the point we were speaking about before, after Pink Mist, it kind of brought about this um, this fear uh, that we that we mentioned before of. Do you know what? I feel like I don't know anything. I feel like I've just been. <laughs> I feel like I've just been winging it, and people are just being nice to me, like yeah. for all this for all this time, and people are just kind of like, "Oh, it's cool." But I felt like actually entering the real world of theatre, like how is this going to be received? How does this work? How does this actually work as an I word? Like, how does it... Right. Kind of up to that point, everything had seemed kind of vocational. And then it was becoming this idea of this could be something professional. And it's like, wait, professional people know about this. Professional people know about Shakespeare. They know about Stanislavski. They know about techniques. And to be honest, I felt like I didn't know about that. I felt... And I felt terrified at the prospect of being kind of caught out as some kind of fraud yeah um i wonder just just to sort of jump in just as a question um i wonder if it was you know we're both from the same area of Mm. england we're both middle class white males i wonder how much of it was to do with you sort of acknowledging your kind of own uh entitlement and benefits that you'd had for your 18 years 19 20 years previous suddenly yeah. catching up with you and being like actually uh, you know what i'm i'm really not just going to be handed everything <laughs> not saying that you were handed stuff no but that kind of i think what we were saying before that sort of like the like the arrogance or the naivety that we could have when we were yeah, that young being like we're going to take this really seriously then suddenly being like in front of the actual real world and the real creative i word being like oh fuck like this is not like you do you do actually have to yeah, I, I, I think I just, you, you're the, like this is this is a reality. This is the reality. Yeah, because I in any of those pieces that I'd done before, I basically just pushed and pushed until I was sort of given the chance to do it. And I right, um, <laughs> like, and I think that kind of drive, um, particularly with scut with uh, with scuttlers, but then kind of with with race of space. And don't get me wrong, I worked really really hard on those on those pitches to get those shows, and really mm. kind of thought about every meticulous detail. And thought, do you know what? This is going to be a pitch that's better than anyone that's been done before well this is going to be mm. more engaging more eye-catching this is going to be a fucking cooler show than anything that's been done in, in this particularly with pink mist that was done in basically basically like a, a like a sports hall it, it felt like yeah and the yeah, so yeah. the idea was right we're just going to flip that on its head do it all in darkness with torches because the sports hall looks disgusting so 
torches will just show the actors. That was basically the idea. But mm. I think it was just this kind of pushing and pushing and pushing. But I'm sure that with that, it, I guess kind of who I was and what I represented probably handed certain things to me. And actually it did reach this point where I felt I'm really going to get caught out because I don't know anything about Shakespeare. I don't know anything about about this or about that. I don't know how a, how a theatre works, what's going to sell. I don't know about these old plays about, you know, Ibsen and then, you know, like Hedda Gabler and stuff like that. Like, I don't really, I don't really know it. I don't actually watch that much theatre because I'm my uni isn't in London. And it was just kind of like, right. I feel like I've just been doing this. And then, <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, oh shit, wait, am I actually going to do this for a job? Wait, if I'm going to do this as a job, I need to learn about it. Well, I should have been learning about this Mm. for the whole journey and you know mm. because also i think you and i can probably um attest to this that you know we got interested in in drama and things at, at school and then we kind of became like okay well they're the drama guys and they and they, yeah. they like doing drama and then it was well of, I, I don't know maybe yeah. that's i think that's what we thought everyone yeah. thought we were but who knows um, yeah. but it was, it was kind of like okay well they're interested in that that's what they like and yeah. then right and then it kind of went to college and then it was like okay i'm around some more people who are interested in drama and things like that but you know i can i can rise to that challenge i can i can speak about drama to that level and then you go to the youth theater and then you're around more people who are interested in drama who have slightly more experiences and you can kind of rise to meet that challenge rise to learn from them and to have as much interest as them and i think that insecurity that i felt actually started in nuffield because there were lots of people who were who really knew about it or, or, or who i felt like really knew about it and then going mm. to university, suddenly you're around an even more condensed set of people who've all had these youth theatre experiences and then are all going to the university together. And some mm. of them have got this real interest in in theatre, in in plays and in the history of it and in techniques and all of that. And then by the by the time you get to third year and you're finishing it off, you suddenly realise that some people have been spending their years really, really learning and delving into that world, whereas I'd kind of just been... Yeah, not to say that the practical experience is incredibly important. You obviously need that. But I don't think I had that interest outside of it. I think I just wanted to be right. in rehearsal rooms. I just wanted to be right. in that room and just be creative and have fun. Um, mm. But it suddenly got to this point where suddenly this funnel of the people that I was around suddenly became so intimidating to me. Um, particularly with their knowledge of theatre mm. and the way that they spoke about it, the things that they went to go and see that I I felt like I just couldn't keep keep up. You know, people would be saying, oh you know, have you seen this one play at this particular theatre in London? And I think I, I barely even knew, like, there was anything outside the West End. <laughs> and like, yeah, yeah. So I'm not laughing at yeah. you. I'm just acknowledging, I, yeah, I get what you mean. It suddenly just opened up this entire world of all of this mm. nitty gritty stuff. And then it's like, oh my God, mm. you haven't been to Edinburgh? Like, like what you don't, yeah. like, what you don't, I would pretend that I knew about Complicity. Like, just because they did, like, physical <laughs> theatre stuff. Um, I, and, and it just felt like I, I'd almost become, like, a bit of a fraud by the 30th. That actually, after that show, I just wanted to have a step back and just kind of... Right. Yeah, just kind of catch my breath on it all. I, th I, think, that's, I think that's way more common than you think. I think I know people who've felt that and the kind of... And I know people who are, you know much more talented than me who have much less interest in theater than, than yeah. i do and it's just like it's that there's one doesn't one doesn't attribute to being the successful one and one doesn't attribute to being the unsuccessful or whatever your mm. idea of success is everyone's on their own everyone's on their own journey Emil. <laughs> but like in all seriousness everyone is interested in their own things yeah. and like 
I don't, I think that's, I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's really interesting and I think it's, well, it's I, very relevant. I think and that's I, what caused yeah. me to change direction as well because I saw Good these pun. people that were, <laughs> um, but I think that, so I just got that. <laughs> Where you, so you just laughed, you laughed because you just felt bad that I'd made a joke and then you got the joke. I'm, that's I mean, okay. I mean, that, just... I mean that's, that's our friendship. That was, yeah, for the listener, probably. that was basically our drives to Nuffield. <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, I think that's what caused me to change direction. Was oh wow, there's all these um, all these people that are so interested in in theatre, not only in my year group at uni, but suddenly now the people who were first years but in the year group below me, some, suddenly they're doing really really cool shit. And I was just mm. like, God, if they're all doing all of this stuff, and I'm not even at a drama school, then there's going to be so many people out in the world. I know that that's an impression of drama schools. Like I recognise that now, but at the time when you have that kind of fear fear of the I word, there's suddenly this feeling of, wow, there's so many people out there in the world who are all going to go into this space, be vying for those things, and actually I'm going to get caught out. And I think it also brought the idea of, actually, well, if I'm not interested in those old plays. Like, I think we've spoken about it before, and I was just like, I oh, know, I get bored with, like, yeah, Chekhov yeah. or, like, you know, I mean, there's some Ibsen plays that I like, but I like it when they've done it in a cool way. But actually, the play, but that's, but that's the play what, itself. Yeah. I mean, that's my kind of director stuff. But it's not sacrilege cool. to say that. It's not yeah. sacrilege. It's just uh, not sa- what sacrilege is that the right word? I don't know. Well, but it's not. It's, it's not a bad thing to say that. That's how it felt. Yeah, that, not, that it was yeah. sacrilege to say that. Or snobby. It's not. You know, it can mm. feel a bit like, oh, you don't like Chekhov. Like, oh, you're not. Yeah, and it, but it, you just it don't just, understand it. It was it's just like, this thing of well, like, God, if these people have this interest, I, I genuinely don't have that, and I think that's what caused me to explore well, why did I pick something creative? Why did I go down that route? Why was I saying that I wanted to be a director? Because some, I think at a certain point, I just kind of decided that that's what it was. Like, I know I know, it wasn't, mm. I mentioned earlier, it wasn't like I just woke up and it happened, but I think there was just a point when I said, okay, cool, that's what I'm going to do. Mm. And I think that caused me to kind of have this step back and go, actually, what are my other interests? What is it mm. about this that I really enjoy? And... Honestly, I'm still on that journey. Like, that's why I took this job in Bristol, because it was a case of... It was just different. It yeah, was, it was one it was plus one equals of, two, I, is what you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was yeah. It was this thing of, do you know what, fuck it, I'm just going to try something else, because I, mm. if, when I reflect on myself, my identity is not restricted to just having an interest in theatre or, you yeah. know, doing shows that people enjoyed or running these rehearsals that people seem to get on in, because I didn't really know how I, did, how I ever did that. I just kind of mm. had fun in the rehearsals and it seemed to happen. But I went, where did this kind of desire come from? And I started to question that and I started to look at other interests that I'd had. Um, and, I, and I'm enjoying that journey. I am enjoying yeah. that journey and taking that step away. I think it's I think it's really like something that... I hate mentioning the pandemic on this show, yeah. but um, I... <laughs> <laughs> I have to, but um, because uh, we're still in it. I mean, I love that you sent me a message this morning saying that in the first ever episode of the I Word, Martin joked that the coronavirus was yeah, about to yeah. Work. I think it was in September, um, and he's he's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's basically September. over now, and it's like, great, yeah, it's it's oh, January and it's lockdown yeah, free. Our twenties are fading away, but um, the I think it's something that's really important. It's something that's happened a lot because of the lack of opportunity mm. suddenly in everywhere in the country, not just in London, is people are now reassessing why it is they love this? What is this they want to do? What is this that mm. they 
what is this? What it is that they love about this job? Like, yeah. I'm going to talk about myself very briefly. Um, oh, wow. Start, I know. I, I, as if I don't. I've got a podcast, of course, to speak about myself. How can those but headphones the, fit on? Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, it's because I've got no air. They, just, <laughs> they slide on really easily. Um, got to make room. The, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I realised during the pandemic that I love this aspect. I love speaking to people who are, I love young, yeah. love speaking to young people who are about to enter the I word. And I love speaking to them about their journeys and yeah. how they got into it. And I love speaking about their love of it. And that's a really interesting thing. And that's in no way diminishes my want to be an actor in the future or anything else or writing or whatever. That's just something else I've found that I really enjoy about it. And I think the idea for you of finding that you what you really enjoy is because you just said before what you really enjoy is that giving everyone a really nice valuable experience yeah is such a great thing to discover and it's such a it just because it's not you know winning Olivier's for being the next Robert Ike does not mean that it is not valuable and does not mean that it can't be valuable to other people it doesn't mean that it can't be uh, a great way of you contributing to this like I, I think there's a there's a feeling sometimes of like, you know, everyone wants to make work that matters or everyone wants to make things that are impactful. Whereas actually just try and make an impact, a positive impact. You, I'm not trying to preach you to you. I'm, like, I'm sorry, but like, no, no, I, I, I completely agree, but I've got a follow up question. I'm like, like, do you feel like you're you said, not allowed to ask me any questions? Oh, this is not how this, this is not how this conversation on, works. After 10 no. years. <laughs> um, yeah, go on. Do you feel like that actually working on this podcast? Because I remember before you started it and you were chatting to me about it and stuff um, uh, when you came to Bristol. Um, oh, yeah. Do you feel like this has done something to kind of reaffirm or, or reassess how you view yourself as a creative person? See, this is why I don't want people to ask me questions because <laughs> I'm so shit at answering things. I don't. Oh, mate. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I don't. You know what's great about this mm. is I don't think of it. I don't think of it in that way. I think of it. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, people, no one will be shocked to hear this. I don't get any money from this. I don't get any. There's no benefits to my career from this. Yeah. Seemingly, I don't get anything of the, from this other than I really enjoy doing it. And mm. that is a reason enough to continue to do it. Yeah. Especially, you know, in the times they're in now that I I don't, you know, there's not a lot of opportunities to act or to write. So I don't, I maybe, maybe it will. Maybe in hindsight, I'll look back and be like, actually, it was really good that I kept doing mm. that because, you know. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe. I mean, I guess that this is early days because the... The right, it's, I, I mean, it's very early days of the podcast as well. Yeah, 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 yeah that's what, yeah, that's what I mean. Um, yeah. um, it's very, very early days with the podcast. So I guess I've kind of had, I kind of had four or five years of doing directing stuff and then actually stepping back for a little bit, um, and kind of, I guess I've, I've had that reflective space. But I, I, I think that's so important—the idea of you just doing this because you enjoy it. Which is, for me, I think that's why I was doing directing was because i just really fucking loved being in the room working on this creative project with people pushing them mm. really hard and having a lot of fun and then mm. suddenly this idea of doing that professionally was like god that's my job like that's going to be my livelihood or that's going to be i'm going to live and die by that by that process 
Mm. Actually, I kind of had to take a step back and really understand what it was that I enjoyed about it because I didn't think that there were parts about that. And and but I, my the reason that I asked you that question was that I certainly feel like having that taking that taking that step back and trying something different or kind of reflecting on your on your creative process I think uh, defines your uniqueness as a creative person. Um, Interesting. Uh because, because yeah, I, I, I think for myself with with directing, I was going down a route of being like, well, I'm going to be a director and it's going to be this and it's going to be that. And actually my unique, the unique thing that I brought to directing was that I, I really enjoyed the process of rehearsals and that right. that, and that, that right. was the point that I really enjoyed. And so that's why I'm kind of stepping back and reflecting on why I enjoyed that and how can I pursue that? How can I, yeah. how can I pursue that kind of enjoyment and kind of get, I, I guess, obviously, you know, there's the the threat of finances and, and things like that, and but you know, I think it was kind of reflecting on actually, wait, what do I bring to the table with this? Right. And, maybe, yeah. and I wonder if maybe, maybe it's something you noted, but maybe it might be something that you'll notice later down the line with this, or you might you might forget that I ever I ever said this, but no, no, there, there I might don't, be I, no. a process where you sit back and you reflect and go, oh, actually, this doing this podcast or realizing that I enjoy having these conversations actually reaffirms my uniqueness as an individual in the creative i word well i think it's like i think it's i think it's part of just because you said you said a lot there and i want to kind of yeah yeah i want to answer it i think what you interesting said what do you bring to the table i think it's also that thing of like not just assuming that you have a seat at the table mm. that like you you don't have a seat you, you like if you want to sit at the table, you have to bring something that it is going to be of value. And it, the only way you can know it's going to be of value is if you you believe that it has value. And you know, really. Like, I think, like, mm. people always know if it's, like... I don't know. Like, it's like I, I, I think... No longer can we just no longer can we just assume we have a seat at the table. You have to put out something that you believe has a value and that you believe that has some kind of relevance. It's like yes. like there's no there's no other excuse. Like you just like there's no, well why are you putting it out there then? Because there's so much stuff out there. Why should we care? And so the only reason I can I can hope that this has a value is because I hope that it does, and because you sort of summed up one of the reasons why I wanted to do the podcast in that like one of the original reasons was. I wanted to talk to young people uh, about why they love the, the, the job that they do. And mm. I really wanted to reaffirm that love for them. And in a way, I suppose that maybe in hindsight, maybe has reaffirmed my love for it as well, but I don't know. But but like... I think there's also to... a, search, a search for authenticity in that as well, in kind of wanting to find the real reasons for things or really wanting to kind of drill down into stuff that I think... I don't know. No, go on. Like, I think you can get caught up. Like, I get. I'm gonna guess that this came about because you heard lots of people talking about the I word, and you probably had a lot of thoughts about the I word and, and all of that. And then it kind of led you to go, okay, let's no, actually, let's not actually, at all. <laughs> but you know, like, let's actually, like, there's a lot of surface level stuff that's being spoken about here. Let's actually talk about this. Let's actually drill down and go to what is authentic what is your story what is your unique point why are you doing right. this yes exactly and, exactly you sum and, it up and, way better than i can and i yeah. think that that's a sim when i look at myself with directing it became this thing of oh i'm directing i'm directing i'm directing oh doing the show doing that doing that that was surface level when actually when i look back at it i 
reaffirmed to myself that actually what I enjoyed was just that creative rehearsal room. That actually, long term, I was thinking, I don't give a fuck what audiences think about my shows. Right. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't care about going and pitching to people to try and get the show put on at this particular theatre or trying to get these right producers. I just want to be in that room with people mm. and enjoying that process. Mm. Um, and there are and there are other routes and jobs that I can still do that, e.g. facilitation, mm. youth theatres, teaching, anything. Like, there are routes that you can do that. But, yeah, I think I wanted that sort of authenticity. How... Um, just because I'm aware of time, yeah. but I want to just sort of, like, bring it back to sort of, like, what's kind of next, I suppose. And I suppose you, you've spoken about it, like, how you don't really know, and that's mm. fair and... Um, I know that you'll do, you know, I know that you'll do some good stuff. I know that you'll do great stuff. <laughs> I just said, I know that you'll do good stuff. <laughs> Those patronising things. You'll, you'll, do, you'll do good stuff. Yeah, then, you'll, 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 then you'll retire I, I, you'll be a and, then you, and then you'll die. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I, I I know you. I know you'll be successful in whatever way you go. So, you know, hmm. but um, for what it's worth. But Thank you. I, what, because the last time I spoke to you, you were talking about drama therapy. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm intrigued to know what, if that's still a if that's still a route, if that's still like, because if we're talking about value and we're talking mm. about to do something like that is like, wow, that's that's a hell of a contribution. If you can get mm. into a field like that and you know, well, I mean, I was supposed to talk a little bit about that. So, drama therapy kind of came the the idea came about. Uh, to me, I didn't know that it was a thing um, until my third year of uni. And then basi- right. basically, I sort of copied the idea from uh, from my friend Mariam, who's who was interested <laughs> in. And then she suddenly started talking about this. Um, but she she and I also bonded as friends because both of our mums are um, um, are therapists. Right. So we kind of bonded over that idea of having therapist mums and the creativity that comes with that. Also, the idea of being a bit fearful about the re- the the real world of theatre and kind of the professional world of that, but still enjoying the process of doing rehearsals and things. And that mm. sort of thing. And I reflected on the idea that I do really enjoy caring for people. I really enjoy trying to make people feel better and trying to have... I, I enjoy having those deep conversations about you know, personal identity or things that people are going through. And in directing, of course, I mean, one of the best things that I learned was just to always ask questions, to never, like, put the words into someone's mouth, never say an actor's line. Like, mm. you can mention the line in the script, but don't say it the way it should be performed. Ask them. Or you can kind of you give the note in the way that you might want it to be performed. And that kind of imbues into the act of the sort of the energy and, and, and things like that. But I thought that actually there's a similar sense in, in therapy, in getting people to kind of look inward, getting people to learn about things, to fit pieces together, to get, to get more control of the things in the world or the things that they are doing. Um, and you can make such a great contribution to somebody's life. Um, and so I felt with drama therapy, there was, or there is an option to really, really help people, to make people feel better. And then from my side, to also feel like I'm giving someone a positive experience that I've loved so much in directing, applying those directing techniques and applying theatre techniques to that. Uh, and also, I mean, in a more practical sense, I looked at the idea that mental health is going to be such a big thing in the future. I mean, it already is a big thing now, but with scratching the surface of how important it is as a subject, 
I'm mm. really learning, like in the last few years, kind of understanding my own mental health and really looking at that and, you know, learning what I can do to to um, to do good things for myself. And I feel like there's the possibility in a, in a practical sense for drama therapy to be a very big thing in the future or for drama in facilitation realms or in kind of creative learning to be a very, very big and important thing. And also that that... Let's say you're applying for funding from Arts Council to do a show. You suddenly have to pitch why that show is going to be, why that show is going to be significant. Why that show? Mm. And you could say, oh, it's about social change. It's about all of this, creative learning, drama therapy, all of that is. It's obvious what the what contribution you're making. It's clear. Mm. So actually, in the idea of getting funding or getting things like that, to me, it, I don't know this for certain, but it felt like it was much more achievable to do that it was much more achievable for me to do that over the course of my life and to also yeah to, and then to yeah it was just a combination of the idea of helping people using drama techniques getting what I enjoyed about directing in that experience but also that that could be something I could do over my lifetime that I wouldn't feel like I was living paycheck to paycheck or gig to gig that I was right. actually doing doing something that I could get really good at over the course of my life have these clients really have have an impact on them um yeah but yeah that's one of many options yeah <laughs> so what's your recommendation uh my recommendation uh well i mean can i can i say two one one isn't and it's strictly end absolutely yeah you can say as many as you want so something that i did last year that i absolutely loved and i would recommend to everyone to do is um i kept a list of anything that kind of anything creative that sort of inspired me all that i was obsessed okay. with for that year so mm. it would be albums it would be uh, songs, it would be books, it would be TV shows, web series, um, comedians, whatever. Like some of it's funny, some of it's really deep and heavy, some of it's like me trying to be cool and you know saying that I like it and then listening to it over and over. Um, <laughs> I would really recommend that. So uh, to kind of keep that list over the course of the year because it inspires you to try and find new things and try and develop your tastes. Uh, so I've, last year I kind of got much more into music than I had ever been in my life. And that really sort of pushed me to develop my taste and learn about what I liked. Um, that said, uh, so my recommendation is for people to listen to uh, to Arlo Parks, if they haven't already, who just won BBC Introducing's um, Artist of the Year, Musician of the Year. She does, she did a, she recently did um, a Radio 6 uh, Artist in Residence session where they kind of curate their own music. From what I've seen in, in interviews, she is the loveliest person with the most silky smooth voice uh her instagram is the most wholesome thing that's ever existed and her music is just incredible no matter what song you listen to it's oh, it's beautiful so mm. yeah listen to arlo parks what's the what's the kind of genre of music uh i guess kind of guess sort of indie I mean, why am I asking that? Surely, like, just listen to the album. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I mean, so her first album's about to re about to be released. I mean, we're we're recording this sort of uh, mid January, but um, her her first album is about to be released. But she's done a few singles and things like that. Okay, um, cool. Did a song with Easy Life. But what Life. was the what was the yeah what was the session what was the it was a Radio Six yeah, session. So, so Radio Six do these um, sort of artists in residence sessions where they get um, sort of. Like, uh, get these artists, these musicians to come in and they uh, kind of run a set 
Um, and they mm. they um, queue up all the music and bring in some of their favourite songs. So Loyal Karna did one, which is great. Uh, but oh, Arlo yeah, Parks yeah. recently did one um, right. with with Radio Six, so would highly recommend. Yeah. Awesome, and we will say thank you very much, mate. Love Thanks. you lots, man. <laughs> Love you too, man. Thank you, Andy <laughs> This podcast is produced by me and the Sellers with original music by Daniel.